Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sheila Shoiga, and welcome to Ready to be Real Conversations, the podcast series where I chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not. But my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. This week I chat to actor and comedian Mario Rosenstock. When you meet someone, is your gut instinct always, you know, they're good until I see yeah, otherwise? Yeah. But that's a great quality. I think it is as well. But does it get you into situations where somebody... Fucks you over. Fucks you over. Yeah. Okay. It has. All right. The only good thing about that, though, uh-huh. is that I'd rather know that somebody's fucked me over, and then I know, uh-huh. rather than wondering all my life. That's a ver- but again, that's a very positive wiring way of looking yeah. at that situation, isn't so it? So I would always say to Blanche, well, Blanche, if you kind of are wary of everybody, how will you know if they're going to fuck you over or not? <laughs> okay. At least I know that this guy fucked me over. See, I don't have my wallet. He took it. He's gone. <laughs> Best known for his gift grub impersonations on Today FM for the past 22 years, Mario is married to Blanage and they have two kids, Dash, who's 13, and Bellamy, who's eight. Now, although I don't operate from a set list of questions, I often have an idea of things I'd like to chat to my guest about, and one of the areas I wanted to talk to Mario about was his fascinating family history, but we never actually got there. Instead, it was a chat that brought us to many other interesting places. He talks about that night he met his wife, how he's always seeing the best in people. He shares his views on religion. He talks about luck and lying, how he's changed down through the years. And that time our president, Michael D, bought pints for him and his pals. It's a cracker of a conversation. And here it is. You and I have spoken lots before, um, well, professionally. Um, Yeah, big time. We've actually worked quite a lot together Mm. over the years. From corporate gigs. Yeah, you get to meet people over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember yeah. you were on Shoiga um, when I had That's that show right. with my sister. Yeah, about 12, 13 years ago. I remember. And, and you were on with Camille O'Sullivan. Oh my God, I remember that. And I remember you guys chatting away. I was like, God, they obviously, they know each other. And then we found out how well <laughs> we you knew each did other. know each other. 
It was brilliant. So Wasn't you were it? the first, you were each other's first girlfriend, boyfriend. I, 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 certainly Camille was my first love and uh, I, I wouldn't speak. I wouldn't necessarily presume that I was her first love, but maybe I was. Oh God, it was one, you know, one of the, it's that golden time. It's like um, normal people, you know? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know if I had the same nicks as Paul Meskel, um, but, uh, you know, it, it was just one of those young love things, you know, yeah. and um, we were living in boarding school together as well. So uh, it had that extra kind of frisson of romance about it. Gwee. Yeah. Because when I think boarding school, I think it's boys in one school, girls yeah. in another. This was a mixed boarding school? This was a mixed boarding school. It was All like right. Noah's Ark. So there was about 40 boys and 40 girls there. And, uh, you know, the excitement was very high at uh, times. <laughs> and uh, boys running across moonlit moonlight uh, nights across the, the top of um, the, the, the house and everything, you know, and girls kind of throwing towels down to them to pull them into their rooms. Like Dead Post stuff. Society. It really was. Was it? Uh, it really was like Dead Post. Really? And, and not in more ways than one, Sheila. I mean, I remember the reason I got into the, I think one of the reasons I, I'm sitting here today and one of the reasons that I ended up doing drama and acting and, and, and doing impressions of people was because of a dead poet society kind of teacher. Really? A guy called Stephen Daunt and he was our English teacher and he would have been Camille's English teacher as well. And um, Stephen Daunt cast me and Camille in pretty much one of our first plays in, 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 in school and that was Death of a Salesman. Oh, wow. And, okay. and in fact, I played Willie Loman and Camille played my mistress. <laughs> uh, were, were, you, were you together at this point? Uh, Jeepers, were we together? We were either... Or you got together, we were, we were either together or we were sort of kind of going, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, kind of checking each other out. Um, but uh, no, it was very romantic, the whole thing. And not just Camille, but the whole school and, and the whole Dead Poets Society vibe that you alluded to there with, with, with this teacher. He was a teacher who really enthused you for the whole spirit of drama. And um, I certainly found um, my acting uh, bug there yeah. and uh, I'd say Camille did as well and um, it and never it never left her and, and, and she's gone on to great things and big time. she's a wonderful interpretative singer you know so talented and yeah, so yeah. Talented. I love Camille and she, she's quirky and she loves loves what she's doing and and you know I think we both had a, a similar level of passion for it in fact so much so that we were actually we had a funny relationship in the sense that um, I don't know if this ever happened to you but even at that age when we were 17 and 18 we could we were even competitive Okay. And that's unusual maybe for yeah, kinda. The opposite it, genders. Mm. Why would we be competing? But I think we were both trying to impress each other. Yeah, and both and both fierce about it. Mm. Really fierce. Mm. Like there was I think we had sort of I could see that she felt that she had found something and I felt that I had found something and that maybe this was going to determine our uh, our futures. And uh, mm. I certainly had a very strong calling that this is going to do to the extent that my parents now were your classic parents who would have gone, so when are you going to give up this stupid acting thing and become a barrister? Because you'll make a great barrister. Mm -hmm. And I'll go, no, I don't, I don't really think you get it. I'm, I'm actually going to continue with this madness. Yeah. And they kind of laughed it off for a while and then they realised I was actually more serious about it. I was serious about it. And, and you were good at it. I was good at it, but like there's no guarantees. Sure. So and, you know, you can be way better than I am at it and get nowhere. Mm. Um, so they were surprised that I was so adamant yeah. about this pursuit because I just wasn't letting go of it. And um, and I and I just I just stuck at it and, and I just wanted to go through with it. Hell or high water. Something happened to me when I was 14 or 15 and I just it just didn't it, it got into my body like 
like alien, like <laughs> like that little thing into my stomach. And it just burst through then when I got into Trinity then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, out it came and uh, and the monster has never stopped. And uh, I'm yeah. glad I chose it because if I was to give any advice to anybody out there, it would be uh, not follow your dream because you can't be stupid. If you're not good at something, don't follow a stupid dream. But Oh my God, you dream crusher you. No, don't, don't. There has to be something. But so follow, you ha- so if follow, your, follow your love. If you're good at it. Yeah, follow your love and your love will show you if you're good at it or not and it, keep, then keep going. Yeah, is it a kind of a dangerous thing though because sometimes it depends on who is in our ear and it's great to have people who believe in you and feed you with positivity and, you know, you're brilliant, go get them, you can do it and I'm a massive believer in that myself but then you see people who appear on say talent shows who l- walk on stage with this incredible self-belief and then they sing or perform and it's, it's not really there and then I feel in the kind of post interview when they come off stage going who has been telling this person that they've been brilliant because actually they've just set them up for a world of pain yeah. later on it's a monumental level of delusion and uh, that that can exist with with some people and you know there's that old expression as well Sheila everybody's got a book in them yeah but not everybody should write a book <laughs> okay really <laughs> I'm serious I, we should not all write a book okay. only about you know only about 10% of us should be writing books not 95 <laughs> The rest of us should just shut up. There are a lot of book writers out there. Yeah, but there's enough. <laughs> uh, and not everybody has a book in them. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, there's a lot of people who think they might have a book in them. Uh-huh. I heard somebody saying we all have a book in us. <laughs> and I said, I'm, you know, no, 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 no. And we don't, we're not all great singers and we're not all great actors and we're not all great <laughs> feckin' impressionists or presenters or whatever, you know. Listen, there's a certain amount of talent involved. And then there's a certain amount of chutzpah involved. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. a certain amount of balls and there's a certain amount of brass neck and there's a certain amount of luck. I mean, if I was to attribute any of the, 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 the good things that have happened to me in my life, as you older you get, you realise that there's a sliding door situation going on in life the whole time and that it's all down to luck, whatever happens to you. Yeah. You know, really it is. Yeah. I mean, the, mo- the, 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 the biggest thing that can happen to you is that you love doing what you do and you do to do what you love. Um, whether you do attain any degree of successes or not is often down to luck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and are, you know they they usually say as well that it's about being prepared so that when that opportunity comes along, that you're ready for it. That's right. And Steve Davis, I remember the snooker player. Everybody yeah. used to go like, uh, "God, Steve Davis, he's a lucky bugger." And the reason he was lucky was because he was so bloody good yeah, okay. that he actually ended up getting most of the bits of luck as well. And it's part of what you mm. said there that he was always there or thereabouts, knocking on the door in a break or in a tournament that um, his talent uh, meant that if there was any bits of luck to be get to be got of a run of the balls, he'd often likely get it Um, because it's exactly as you said, keep being prepared, ready for the door to open. And is that Uh, what you've done? I've tried to do it as best as I could. I mean, I haven't been as maybe I haven't been as especially earlier in my life. I wasn't as applied as I thought. I, I should have been. I've, I've met people who were more applied than me. I was passionate okay. and I was digging it and I was loving it and I was working all sorts of hours, but I was also throwing it away. I right. mean, I, I drank too much, uh, fooled around too much, um, a bit arrogant. Um, I thought I was better than I was, you know, uh, b- mistreated people at times, um, didn't take enough advice, thought people were stupid when they weren't, um, didn't listen to them enough. 
Um, so I made a lot of mistakes in my own view. And it's only when you get older that you can realize that, you know, you were a little cocky, a little cocksure. You didn't listen enough. Um, and you, you know, you, you could have applied yourself a bit better. But I was passionate and I'm all and that's something that stayed with me to this day. Really passionate, I, I, like as in. I relish what I do and I have a real desire to do what I do. Mm. And and I've improved on the whole um, understanding what it's like to listen to other people and really listen. There's a difference between, you know, listening and listening, as you know. And mm. you can think you're listening and you can you can pay homage to that and just sort of, oh, yeah, I'm listening to somebody. But really, are you listening to what they're saying? And I've grown better as, that, as, I, as I've grown older. But um, yeah, so I've, I've been lucky to have good physical health. So that yeah. allows you to help to, to not to be wait for opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm very like I, I I'm quite determined. But uh, no, I I I think I I think I could have been cuter earlier in my life as well. You know, just just about things. But um, no, no. Overall, it's a it's very much a glass half full feeling. Yeah. Are Are you somebody then though? When you look back at that, do you have regrets? About stuff that you did or? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, okay. and when I say regrets, I don't mean that um, they're not heavy regrets. Sure. But they're just honesties. They're just things that, mm. you know, I, 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 I was bullheaded. I suppose that had a positive side as well. It, maybe it was the bullheaded person that allowed me to tell my folks, nah, you're grand. You relax. I'm going to take care of this. I got this. Yeah, See yeah, you yeah. later. Uh, say hello to all those barristers when you meet them. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, I'm way better than that. But that kind of bullheadedness also was like, Sorry, and you are, yeah. and you've got what to tell me. <laughs> Where did you ever get loser? You know, yeah, but it, yeah, it was because I'm going to be really big. So there was that touch of, yeah, there was that touch of, and believe it or not, I kind of, I, I still have remnants of that, except I've radically toned it down, Sheila. So, <laughs> because any time uh, I've met you, dance for the years, hmm. I've just found you very warm, very lovely, and very unaffected. I wasn't. Interesting. Mm. All right. And it's nice of you to say that. And thank you. That's the only Mario I've ever met. Well, that's really kind of you. And you know so, what? So if you, I, if were I was, you a prick if, back in the day? <laughs> I, 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 well, a prick is easy to be. I was, I was actually a prick. Right. I was also an affected prick. Okay. I was an effete prick. Okay. I, okay. okay. I used to wear eyeliner, a trilby, and and <laughs> and and bandanas and little neck scarves. Right. Right. Okay. And when I first met my wife, the yeah. first thing I said to her was. You really don't know how to kiss. <laughs> what? No, see, I knew this would get you. You see, her face dropped when I said that. Her face, exactly. No. So, hmm. so did you when, get a? Did you did you get a wallop? I, what was the reaction? She like? just dropped. Her face just dropped and went, "Who the fuck is this creature?" Yeah, prick. Who's this guy? I mean, so I'd, now, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be raging. In fairness to me, now I was about twenty-five. Right. Okay. And I was a little bit, well, I don't know what materials or substances I had ingested. <laughs> uh, and we were in Bono's, um, what do you call it, nightclub, the, the kitchen. Oh, the kitchen, the yeah, hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in I walked with my friends anyway. <laughs> you can tell by the way I move my hips, I'm a woman's man. No time to talk. In here, ladies, okay. line up. Because, you know, Marty Morrissey is coming in. <laughs> Woohoo! How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? How's it going, horse? It's Dahi O'Shea plus Marty Morrissey all at the same time. I had my, my, my blows undone, if that's what you call it, Sheila. My blows, I had a little, I had a little chain, I had a little, a little silver chain around my neck. I'd ingested certain substances. I don't know, it wasn't bread anyway, or whiskey or Guinness. There were all sorts of things. And I was going in there with my friends with, with pretentious names like Niche. 
Nisha and Larkin <laughs> Nisha and Larkin and people like this and we were there Lark- Nisha's, Nisha's catchphrase was who's on who lads <laughs> oh, that's no. the kind of deal who's oh, on who lads oh, so no. we were going oh, in no. there three o'clock in the morning and there I saw her across a crowded room this vision now at the time I was what you might call attempting to play the field so I was there like and I don't know what that means but it means that uh, when I walked in anyway, I was there like, anyway, something happened to me that night because I think it's just a change in your life. I got completely and utterly pissed off with the whole thing. Right. OK. Uh, or at least I realised I was pissed off with the whole thing. By the whole thing you mean? Going out at night with your same old friends trying to chase girls okay. to a greater or lesser extent of So success. you just wanted to be in a relationship? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You didn't know that. OK. Only, you, you see, and then any success you did have. Yeah. You were pissed, right? <laughs> and then, you know, if you did score, you'd wake up completely pissed and you wouldn't know who it is. And like, then you just forget who they are. And it's embarrassing, the whole thing. And mm. that cycle then continued. Yeah. And and then, of course, you're just, you know, you're just a pathetic, really. It's, it's sort of a bit pathetic. It has its glory moments, but it's quite, it's largely quite pathetic. Isn't that not everybody in it your is, 20s? It is everybody yeah, in your 20s. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. done largely for your friends. Yeah. It's not even done for yourself. Mm. It's done largely as a way of communicating with your friends to keep up and to almost it's 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 a rite of passage. We do it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway. And uh, I tried my best anyway. So this night, we're back in the kitchen. Back yeah. in the room, back in the room. And mm. then this mm. night, anyway, I across the crowded dance floor, literally, I'm no joke with now, across the crowded dance floor, um, I saw this vision and she was wearing a kind of um, an Angora white, a white Angora uh, top. Um, sort of short sleeves yeah, and a, a brown suede skirt mm. and it was tiny brown suede skirts like really slim at least slim line mm. and uh, I just thought she was beautiful and yeah. then she she locked eyes at me across the crowded dance floor and for all the world it was Vivian Lee looking at me right. and I absolutely adored Vivian Lee all my life growing up mm. and uh, like gone with the wind Vivian Lee yes um, and uh, would you know what happened then, Sheila? We actually started walking towards each other on the dance floor. I can't remember what was playing. And the first thing we did was kiss. I, sw- I swear. It's like something out of a movie. It is. And we didn't even say hello. Like, that is, I mean, yeah, but that's so you possible. were like magnets. Yeah, no, it's like, and you, you kind of knew it was going to happen as well. So, really? Yeah, because the eyes, the eyes had already given ourselves away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're walking close. Everybody else is dancing around and you're walking close to somebody. That takes serious confidence for both of you, I think, to have the balls to kind of go, here I am. Our serious amounts of bread and Guinness <laughs> and whiskey okay. and all the ingestions <laughs> and the Russell sprouts or whatever that was popping into me that night. So, or that too. Oh, so, so but the, did you kiss her first or did we she? We both sort of kissed. At the same, okay. at the same simultaneously. And then I said, you're a terrible kisser. Jesus. Come on over here. Like, like what a disastrous wow. first line. That then, is so, that's outrageous. That's outrageous. I mean, so she went, what? Yeah. I brought her over to the side and we started talking. And I think she, she basically thought, who's this lad? He is a bit of a lad. He's a bit of a feckin' fright, this fella. I'll give him a few minutes because he's a bit of comedy. What <laughs> the hell? So anyway, we ended up exchanging numbers. Huh. That, and that was it for the night. And then... Two weeks later, mm. we ha- met up again, but we ha- didn't. We were so obviously we were so uh-uh, that we had to be brought by our two friends who were with us on that night okay. because we couldn't recognize each other. OK, <laughs> OK. <laughs> so we were chaperoned by my friend Nick and her friend Sophie. Yeah, OK. And Nick is there. I think that's her over there. <laughs> Are you sure? 
<laughs> and then Sophie was obviously going, I think that might be him over there. And we were pushed together like cattle in, La- in Martin Market. <laughs> and they're like, come on off you two. And then they all go and we kind of go. So anyway, uh, whatever I said that night, I'm really sorry. Uh, and whatever. And, and so we um, began dating. Yeah, cool. And then uh, she went to America for three months and uh, uh, she went to America for three months and I rang her mother. And the, I, this is back in the 90s now. So this mm. is all the cliches where you ring the number and the mother picks up the phone. So like you're, you're, you're in communicado, you know. And uh, so anyway, she came back in September and uh, somehow we managed to, I called her again or something and we managed to get back together. And she said at that time, I was wearing um, uh, blue velvet pants and a sparkly blue T-shirt, which I called the darts T-shirt. It was my darts face. Darts. darts. As in throwing darts. Throwing darts. So I wanted to dress like darts players. Because <laughs> <laughs> that is a look but to work do you towards. Remember, do you remember in the late 90s, there was a yeah. kind of a, a trend among young men to wear velvet pants? Yeah, I do, yeah, I do, yeah, I do, yeah. I do, yeah so yeah. it was velvet, velvet, a yeah. lot of velvet going Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was it. So listen, <laughs> this all goes back to the conversation that we were having, Sheila. So Mario, were you a bit of a prick? Yeah, so I we, think. So? Yes, the answer was yes. And then, so did she change your ways? Did she you, did. You settled she did. down? She didn't change my ways. She she loved, she really liked me the way I was. For for all the prickness, Yeah. Okay. she actually still liked me. And she liked the spirit or spunk that she thought was there. Yeah. And Because um, you're obviously just messing. When you said no, that, when I you was, I, I wasn't. You oh, see, come on, I, is, well, of course, I'm. I didn't mean it, but like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, you know how you know this is what I mean. I was a bit of a ticket, like, <laughs> um, and uh, so anyway, it it was her yin and my yang. I think yeah. that, uh, and listen, we we we've been together twenty six years, twenty six, and um, we're kids. married twenty, and uh, two kids, and. Uh, how do you define that kind of love, you know, where you don't know really if you're going to stay together with somebody, but there's something that drew you together very strongly originally. And then load and load of other things kept you together. Sure. A totally different things kept together. And it's really about the balance of two personalities. And I firmly believe, actually, because uh, I've seen this in other areas of my life, that the people you get along with best are often people who are quite different to you. Mm. Um, and that's what you keep keeps you coming back looking for more. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't really figure them all out. I mean, I don't really know Blonnet um, fully in all respects, you see. She still kind of surprises me at times about like, just just the way her brain works. Yeah. It's just different to me and that keeps me, that, that keeps, it's not that it keeps me interested, it's just, she is a different type of person to me and it, it is very valuable to be around that difference because mm. she's very, very strong in certain ways and she's got loads of strengths that I don't have. And she obviously feels that I've got some things that balance her of course, out as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's lovely. And it's funny, the same thing exists between me and Ian um, mm. Dempsey, that uh, he, he's very different to me. Mm. Um, but a lot of that keeps you uh, balanced. Yeah, I suppose, could you work with another Mario? Do you know what I mean? Could no, you, work, you yeah, couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't. That would just ex- implode. And I don't mm. mean that in a bad way. I, I mean... I think the same for all of us, regardless of what definitely. our own personality is yeah, like. Yeah, those yeah. working partnerships, you need a, a, a... You need stuff that hits off each other, mm. but can relax and back off. Um, you need a light and a shade. You need somebody to be light at times and you to be shaded at others. And mm. that kind of in, interchange of gears happens more naturally with people who are different originally. Yeah. Um, if you're very similar, um, you tend to run into each other. 
you know, mm. you tend to run into each other too much. But like Ian and I are very different people, mm. but actually have a have a. It's funny, different people, and we have a lot in common, which is a, which is which is an interesting thing. Like we'd have a lot of sense of humor in common. Yeah. Um. So we come together on those certain things. Yeah, and you, know. you need those fundamentals. And loyalty. He's very loyal, and I believe in loyal loyalty. Yeah. Like, so we have certain yeah, yeah. values that we find common. I didn't know he had those values when I first met him, but and I didn't even know I did. In fact, I didn't. But I grew those kind of, uh, I grew those values because I started to see people I would admire doing certain things over and over again, repetition, repetition. And I remember, I th- what I was making them tick, what I was making them think, uh, tick, and it's discipline, loyalty, uh, being honest, straight with people. I, I used to be, a, you know, a bit of a liar. Okay. Um, and I really got pissed off at lying because it got you into all sorts of scrapes. Lying, the worst scrapes that lying gets you into is covering up for your own lies. Yeah. I, I don't mean major lies. Yeah. I mean, just, just lying, just mm. lying, any kind of lies, lying just to people as a, as a lying as a habit. That okay. You just, that you're actually a default liar. That, like you don't really ever tell the truth. You just kind of lie to people a lot. Mm. And, I, and when I was very young, I used to just do it sometimes even for the laugh. I mean, I literally from easy, happy go lucky lying, as in going to town and pretending I'm somebody else. Mm. I used to go to nightclubs and just make up um, names for myself. I'd wear a mustache. I'd mm. bu- get a mustache. I'd put it on. I'd go into a nightclub and call myself uh, Claudio. Yeah, and I'd just okay. be Claudio all night. Yeah. And that's it. I just stay in character and just walk around the place. And then you might meet a girl, two girls. Or like, Come on over me, Claudio, Claudio. <laughs> and you're, you're Claudio It's, right, it's okay, unbelievable okay, thrill okay. To be in character Yeah And they believe you're Claudio What do you do yourself? I'm a plumber up in Clondalkin <laughs> And Fucking plumber Me dad lives up in Clondalkin Where? And they're Up beside the Shelvos there Shelvos? What the fuck is Shelvos? <laughs> do you want another uh, Jägermeister? Where are you from? I'm Walkinstown <laughs> And you're just You're just tripping Stop. So like You're just You're just having a laugh right? So that lie is a simple yeah. Funny lie but then you go home and you go, you know, you, you go, I don't know, you start telling lies as a rule about everything. Okay. For, so it's, so a, for, it's a habit So let's say you have break. a job and you go, where were you last night? You're late. Right. You say like, mm. I wasn't there. I was, I was, oh, sorry, my, my dog broke down. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Your yeah, dogs yeah, don't yeah. break down. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? My yeah. car got sick. Yeah. yeah. Or, or something. But you know, it didn't. So you're just lying all the time. And did you find out why? Why you were doing it? Yeah. Um, and I think. It was partly being immature and being a messer, but partly, actually, I do have an answer to that. Okay. For a long time in my life, I didn't really, and a lot of people might know what I'm talking about here. Do you know that idea when you believe you have some talent at something or you might be kind of good at something, but you're afraid to find out how good? In fact, you'd prefer to go, what did you get in your leaving cert? I got a B in English. Ah, oh, B. Yeah, honours. I could have got an A if I worked really hard. Why didn't you? Why did you fuck it all away? I didn't want to find out. Find out what? I didn't want to find out if I could have got an A. Hmm. I was afraid. What? Afraid of what? I was afraid that if I worked my ass off, I might not get an A. So I prefer to get a B and just be the talented guy who got a B. Who didn't fulfill the potential. Exactly. And so I would have preferred earlier in my life to be a person who would be regarded as talented without working hard. And I learned then mm. coming up to my late 20s, early 30s, I, st- I learned, and this is possibly to do with having started working with Ian and everything, who is a consummate professional. I started realizing that there's no harm at all. In fact, there's a beauty and a joy in working really hard. And it's an honesty to yourself. 
to show yourself how hard you can work and how honest you can be and just be as good as you can be and let the chips fall where they may after that. Just be as good as you can be. And what you're, ex- what you're essentially saying to yourself is, I don't mind if I fail yeah. because I'm going to try and be as good as I can be. I'm just mm. going to give it my best shot. Mm. And if my best shot isn't an A+, plus, so be it. Mm. I want to go away and say I gave it my best shot. And that's actually a really hard thing to say to yourself. Yeah. To go, I truly committed myself to this. I burnt myself out like a bonfire. I gave myself of it. I threw myself at it and I gave at it. Yeah. So, so like whenever I do those, like, you know, I don't want to, I, I, I try to do my, in other words, it's t- taught me how to apply myself now. Mm. So I do generally give everything I have to nearly everything I put my mind to, knowing that, um, I can then be honest with myself and I'm not lying. Mm. You know, I'm not lying anymore. You know, so if that lying was a form of denial, I don't want to know about it. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to know. I just want to just leave me alone. I am just a talented guy, you know, just leave me alone. I could be probably an A student if I wanted to be, but I don't. Just be, just be as good as you can be. And if maybe you'll be an A student, maybe you won't be. And, um, but now I'm delighted that I've, I found an honesty in my life where Mm. I can actually give everything I have to something. And and maybe let's, you see, I've only met you when, you know, I was in my thirties or whatever. So it's nice that you said the person you met was, is, 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 and that teaches you humility as well. mm. You know that when you work hard, you know, you learn humility because humility, because that means you can see it in other people when they do it. Yeah. And you know what it takes to do it. You know what they've given to do it. And when you know what other people have given to do it, it makes you humble because you know, oh, if they did that and they did that and that plus that, they must have worked their ass off. Ah, oh, I respect that. They must have really thrived. And so, you know, that, that makes a difference. So it's nice. That's a, that's a convoluted way of uh, uh, conversation. But uh, no, it's not convoluted. It's all about it's lying, and, uh, lying and being true to yourself or learning a little bit about yourself. Yeah, anyway. of course. And look, that's the thing about all of us. I mean, we all go through different experiences in our lives that shape us and change us. And we're always moving and and changing. And I think what you said there about about your wife and learning new things about her is because we're always we're always changing, Mm. regardless of whether we're in our 20s or 50s, 60s, 70s. There's always because things are always shaping us. Yeah. And change. And I suppose some of us like or don't like change to a greater or lesser extent. How are you with it? Change. Um, again, I'd say I would be difficult with it. The same as the same as the same as everybody else. Um, I, I guess oh, to put not to put a fine point on it. Change is grand when it's positive. Ah, oh, yeah. You know, oh, that change was great, right? Well, how about this change? Yeah, yeah. That wasn't so good. But like, what if somebody said to you, you mightn't think it's not so good now, but what about over in the long term? These kind of changes will turn you into a great person. So, if hence the example of learning from failure. That's a change that can happen to somebody. What was the change? I failed at something. Mm. Well, it took me eight months to do this. Yeah. And what was the result? Total collapse. Mm. Failed. The, the whole business failed. Oh, Jesus. Bad news. You're a, bit of a, you're a bit of a downer. And I went, I know, but now I'm here three years later and I wouldn't have been here but for the fact that I failed three years ago at eight months at that thing. It turned me into the person I am. So, I guess change is all about how you look at it. Yeah, because I, I was going to ask you, like, what was the thing or things that happened? Because you speak about the older version of you or the you when you were younger yeah. versus the man you are today. I and definitely think, blonde, I definitely think, and I don't mean to overestimate the, the, any relationship, but I, but I definitely think meeting blonde was the making of me. Mm. I, I, and, I, and when I say that, I say, 
I could have easily been a I could have easily been an alcoholic um sort of you know kind of drug taking uh, dilettante dabbler and the worst thing of all as I alluded to earlier on yeah I could have been great one of those guys in the bar okay and worse one of the guys in the bar that other people went he was really talented mm. I never heard of him no because he's never done anything who your man Mario he's just been a pisshead all his life yeah. And I just was terrified of becoming that, really. And it yeah. was a fi- mixture of fear and meeting somebody like Blonnet, who was um, able to uh, able to just be sympathetic with me and understand me and then help me to go in a direction which I wanted to go. And then similarly, I helped her to go in a direction where she wanted to go. I mean, you know, Blonnet had issues with uh, very early onset issues with depression. Um, when she was a teenager, very, very, very bad depression. And by the time I met her, when she was twenty-one, she was she had kind of she had she had she had had very bad depressive episodes. Um, and she sort of said that when she met me, that my kind of idiotic, this idiotic character that she met, actually flipped her out of it. Okay, yeah. And made her see a kind of a, f- a funny side of life. Now, mm. and, uh, but it actually lifted her. Oh, great. Now, it only was temporary for a while. But then when I came more into her life, I think she used to see that my positive, my naturally ridiculously positive outlook. Uh, don't worry about a thing. I used to have no money, right? But I used to be able to go to banks and just get loads of money. <laughs> lying. <laughs> really? Oh, no problem. I'd walk straight into the bank and go. And I would be quite impressive. Remember, I could have been a barrister. And uh, they'd go, so well, why do you want to see the manager? And so I'm like, no, I don't, want to see the, I don't want to see you. I want to see the manager. I don't want to see you. You're too low. I want to speak to your superior. Thanks. And I say, well, go up and say, no, no, he'll come to me. No. And what's your name? Rosenstock. Jewish money. <laughs> Rosenstock. Show us your passport. There you go. Uh, Rosenstock of the Rosenstock Rothschild Rosenstocks. <laughs> and I mean, it is an impressive name. It is an impressive you know, name. Rosenstock. Yeah. You yeah. mean the, yeah, I mean the gold ones. The ones that had the gold. <laughs> well, where's your gold now? I just ran out. Just need a few more bits of gold from you. I hope you have some gold in the vault upstairs. Give us a lend of a few bits of gold. So anyway, uh, I don't know why I turned into Francis <laughs> Brennan there. Have you got any gold? And the Rosenstocks of the Rothschilds. <laughs> anyway, so I'd go into a bank and, um, and I'd go, well, how much do you need? And I'd go, 3,000? For what? I'm going to Berlin. <laughs> You're not even going to give us a decent excuse. It's not like an SME business startup. Fuck you. That's for plebs. I want to go to Berlin and get my rocks off and take some drugs. <laughs> and then they'd go, well, here you go, you dirty boy. <laughs> and I'll pay it back to you at some stage when I'm a famous actor. And Blonnet, I come out of the bank and she goes, that went badly, didn't it? I got the money. <laughs> Let's go to France. Let's go to Paris and have a weekend. She goes, are you serious? Oh. So... Okay, it wasn't like that every weekend. But you but had I, the crack. But I certainly was able to. I, I certainly was able to do some things like that. Yeah. And did you and have to pay the money back? Did you yes, pay the money back? You did. Okay. I think I was paying for one of those ones about 10 years later. <laughs> Even though it was only about three grand. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, still yeah. paying for it about three years later, yeah. 10 years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I knew that sometime if ever I did any good at something, yeah. I'd, get plenty of, I'd get plenty of money to pay it back. Yeah. So 3,000 isn't much. So at the end of the day, when you're. You know, if you if you can pay it back, but so it was that kind of mixture between being kind of crap and being brilliant as well. Yeah, I was kind of a mixture between a total fool and kind of slightly pulling something off. 
So she would go because Blonde would come from a family where they would have been, you know, very Catholic and very um, play by the play by the rules. Yeah. And for me to come in and do this, like it was yeah. just like she yeah. was just going, I've met this complete flute. <laughs> Such a great word. Flute. And uh, an absolute flute, a <laughs> cockwomble. And uh, and uh, so off we'd go wherever to France or Paris. And of course, not just any hotel. It would have to be a great hotel. Like, yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love me. Like, I loved me like, you know. Me five star and all this. Yeah, you know, so would you, would you like, would it be gone? You just, the money would be gone that weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No worries. Boom. Yeah. Done. And um, so that was, that was, that was a bit of fun. And um, so that was just, but so anyway, uh, she would have thought that I was, she would have thought that I was that kind of, uh, a little bit of optimism in her life. Yeah, but that's great. She and, had and, such and, a positive and, force yeah, in her. And I was, and I was, and she was a balance for me because yeah, yeah, I was exactly. obviously, you know, slightly deluded in certain aspects. Do you believe in fate, destiny? That things have a path, things are meant to happen, and you know we're just along for the ride. I do not. Okay, despite that mm. night and mm. how you guys oh, yeah. met. In fact, because of that night. Tell me. I, I don't believe in fate or destiny at all, and that's something that's um, that's something that I suppose you can change your mind about as you get older in life. Um, so two. But you're rock solid in this. I mean, you've crossed your arms. You're like, boom, not. I am not for turning. <laughs> She's reading my body language. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm not for turning. I'm. 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 Don't head, talk I'm hard, to me about this destiny about thing. It. I met Fate yesterday, and I told him to fuck off. <laughs> and uh, Johnny, it's Mario. It's Fate here. <laughs> fate. I told you to fuck yourself years ago. But you and me, Mario, we had a good time together. Me, you, Destiny, the lads. Yeah. And uh, and I went. You guys are a bunch of idiots, right? I made my own way. Thanks, Fate. And um, anyway, so I don't I have a problem with um, fate and destiny because I do believe that um, I do believe that that uh, you 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 create your own moments and you you are the the creator of your own moments and life is as you can change it. And it's funny, actually, because uh, just to go back to what we were talking about, Blonnet, she is a real proponent and student of a branch of philosophy called Stoicism mm-hmm. and the Stoics and mm. um, it's a wonderful I recommend it to anybody out there and there's some great practicers out there on, on podcasts and mm. online um, who uh, there's a great podcast called the Stoic Podcast and um, Blonnet loves it and listens to it every day but Stoicism is this idea of being patient mm. understanding that nothing can be you can, you can get over everything nothing can't be overcome Nothing. Everything. Everything can be overcome. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mario, what about if you get terminal cancer there? Okay. It's not that you can overcome it, but you can get through it. Even if you die at the end, you can get through it. You can accept. Accept. You can win. If to want to use a better word, uh-huh. uh, we all die in the end, for God's sake. But it's a way of, I suppose, to, to sum it up, it's not letting sweating of the small stuff. Yeah. That's what. If I could sum it up. So if you can be a person like she is, she just doesn't sweat the small stuff at all. Great. None of it. None of it. All that matters is her little children and me and our health and the health of people and the goodwill towards other people around her. She's a real good, uh, what she calls um, uh, a well-wisher. She wishes people well. And, mm. she, and that's all that she thinks counts. And that's all you can give in life and care about in life. You know, your fucking Tommy Hilfiger this and your Land Rovers and Range Rovers that. It's a just if you can see that as a bit of fun, yeah, and that's all it is. If, if you're lucky enough ever to have those material goods in your life, a nice house or a holiday in Monte Carlo or something, there's just a bit of fun. 
they don't matter a damn to anybody and believe me they just don't matter a damn all that matters is your personal mental physical health and the health of your children and the health of the people around you that love that love you and your friendships with people and what you give what you give what you give um and anyway to answer your question um uh, I've, I, I don't believe in fatalism at all because you can be an active proponent in changing everything that happens to you at any one time. If you walk out of that building, you can turn left or turn right. And when you turn left, something is different is going to happen. But it's you that's going to turn left, not fate that's going to make you turn left. You mm-hmm. are going to turn left. I think it's it's easy for, and, and that's, you know, it's something that as well I've struggled, not struggled with, but the whole idea of religion as well you know i've just grown more skeptical more and more 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 skeptical about it as i've grown older and older and older just this just this idea of 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 fairy tales yeah and for me it's you know i hate the word atheism but you know because atheism is such a negative connotation of well ray darcy here you don't believe in anything you don't believe i do i i i, I don't not believe in god god it's not i'm not just saying there's no god i'm not just saying I don't go to church. Say I do not believe in God. Not God. There's no God. There's no God. There's no God under the table. There's no God on top of the table. There's no God beside the table. There's no God. No God. Ha! <sighs> is that okay? No God. I mean, so it sounds so negative when you say it like that. But actually, Ray is maybe onto something because there's just for me and for anybody out there who's offended by this, please don't be offended. It's just my personal opinion. It's a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. There's no Old Testament guy in the sky with a beard. And if there is, listen to Stephen Fry on him. Why would any person, a man, he's not a woman, by the way, he's never a woman. Why would a man castigate and, and, and criticize you and tell you you're bad and tell you that you're all going to hell and tell you that when you were born, you were wrong, you were stained, you were beaten and bad the minute you were born as a baby when you lay there in the cot, you were a shit baby. You were stained by original sin. How, how, what kind of a monster would tell you that? And as Stephen Fry said to Gay Byrne on This Is Your Life, on yeah, The Meaning, the meaning life. of Life, yeah. This Is Your Life. Um, what kind of a God would, 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 would kill thousands and thousands of babies from mm. Ebola or HIV? Nah. So for me, for me, it's a, it, for me, it's, it's a, it's a makey-uppy fairy tale thing. You are the God. But is, you, there, is, you, there, is there a difference between we've gone from now fate and destiny to religion and faith? Mm. Yeah. Can you separate both? Yeah. Can you have faith well, well, in yeah. something else, but it not be religious? Yes. Think? Yes. You can have faith yeah. in people. Yeah. 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 I have faith in people. Big yeah. faith in people. Huge faith in people. I have faith in my own talent. I have faith in me. I have faith in other people. And I believe other people can save me and save themselves. And we can save ourselves from all sorts of madness and, and disillusion and temptation to use a religious um, allusion. Um, and we can, yes, you can have faith and you can have faith in the love of you, of your little daughter's, you know, in, 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 the, in your little daughter's eyes or your little boy's eyes. That's where you see faith. Yeah. You know, so you don't need an Old Testament God to, to be told faith. I, I, the more and more I think about it, the more I was thinking it was put in our lives to control us. That whoever thought of this religion thing basically went, there's a whole lot of people out in the street and they're going to go fucking mad. They're trying to get into the house. We need to tell them that there's a big cloud up there. And in that cloud, there's a fellow with a map. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Magic wand and he'll fuck them all up if they come into the house. Don't let them in the house, Josie. Tell them that the man is in the cloud with his magic wand. Get out! Get out! Get out! The, the man will come with the cloud. And a wand. They've all run <laughs> off down the street, Josie. They're scared shitless. The man in the cloud story works really well. Yeah. You know, so he, there is no man in the cloud, you know. Um, you know, there's no man in the cloud. It's just us. And we are our own gods. And God is within all of us. God is inside us all. God is inside us all. The power to be good and the power t- to not be good. Mm. And we have the power and ability to choose ourselves whether to be good to each other and to ourselves importantly because we can't be good to anybody else if we're not good to ourselves um so yeah so yeah. I, so that's my views on it anyway and i know that that's not compatible with everybody else i know I, I, this is why I i'm on you. your show i get you <laughs> i get you and i think there'll be plenty of people listening that will as well yeah but i don't want to i don't want to ram my opinions down anybody no, because i have you're the greatest being... of respect for people who do sure um, and it's, did you and grow it's... up in a religious house at all yeah averagely you know okay you know, you know go to church go to go to mass every sunday and um, catholic uh, Catholic, yeah. yeah. Go to mass every Sunday. Stand outside the back of mass. Get the Sunday <laughs> papers on the way home, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then sin. Yeah, sin yeah. as quickly as possibly and as quickly as you can after getting home from mass, because the earlier you sin, the better. You know, the more sins you can commit before you have to go in and say sorry for them next week. Mm. So, uh, and you know, if you committed too many sins, just run into confession and finish yourself off. You know, go to town on yourself. <laughs> Father, I just fucked up royally this week. <laughs> I cannot wait until you win on Sunday. No, Father, I really did a lot of lying this week. I need, in fact, I don't think I'll be given, she won't even give me fish on the Friday. Mother <laughs> won't even give me fish on the Friday. It's no food at all, Father. Um, because I just committed so many sins. And my grandfather did it as well, Father. I saw him committing sins as well. You're only meant to commit your own sin. Forget about everybody else. <laughs> Father, they're all doing it. Everybody's sinning. There's not enough church masses for us all, Father. <laughs> We're all bad people. So I just think you need to be honest with yourself. I, I did allude to earlier something kind of almost religious earlier and that was the idea of lying yeah i realized i was lying too much in my early life just just casual lying stupid mm. bad lying and good lying just funny lying and stupid lying and that's religious you knowing that you just fuck, stop the lying man 
Just be true to yourself. Be true to people. That's, mm. that's a religious idea. To be true to yourself. It's a Christian idea. To be true. To be good. To be good to other people. Do unto others as they would. That's a hugely... That's something I believe in 100%. Yeah. To be treated as you would like you know, others to treat. To treat others as you would like them to treat you. Yeah. That's, a, that's the fundamental Christian tenet, which I would totally buy into. And I love mm. it. So there's a lot of love thing, lovely things about Christianity. But it's more the... You're more of a New Testament man rather than an Old Testament. Of if you course. Had to, if you had of to course, choose. yes. And I'd be more of a Christian person sure, sure. rather than a, even a Catholic person. Yeah. Because I, I fundamentally, I'd probably believe more in Protestantism from what I know about it than mm. Catholic, Catholicism because Protestantism has, has much more of the work ethic and Calvinism and, and, and this sort of idea of, of, of working hard and um, deserving something and, and work yeah. being pure and clean. Whereas Catholicism kind of goes... There's a little bit of magic involved, you know. Send a few envelopes here and there, and you know, God, Jesus will take care of it. And you're there, but I didn't work that hard. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just give that to Eamon. Eamon will give it to Des. Des will pass it back to Richie. Before you know it, <laughs> we're all hunky dory. <laughs> well, I'll have to go to confession again, Father. Yes, that's what it's for. <laughs> okay. Oh dear. I right. So I kind of preferred the other ones. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Protestantism, and I, I love the whole, you know, Islamism and. Um, you know, that's just been so bastardized by the, 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 the media and the world we live in. You know, the, almost the word Islam is, is perceived by some people to be a bad word. You know, I mean, it's such a beautiful idea, uh, Islamism and, um, and, you know, Buddhism, you know, even more beautiful. Mm. You know, just the most beautiful, peaceful um, uh, things in the world. Um, so, yeah, so, so religions have a lot of lovely things about them, but uh, uh, they, they, they're, 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 they're flawed as well. Yeah, yeah. When you said you're, uh, you know, you see God in your kids. Mm. Well, you, you know what I mean? I'd love to talk about your kids because I know you have a boy and a girl mm. and Dash is 13. And you told me that um, Bellamy is eight today. Mm. She's eight today. Yeah. Yeah. We had her, I, we've had her birthday party three times today. Oh, lovely. There's three birthday parties, three birthday parties today. Yeah. Yeah. So a big cake. And, it's and a, a lockdown birthday for a kid is hard. Yeah, it is. But like, we're also a captive audience. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and there's nothing better than a captive audience. You know, yeah. she's had us for about twenty hours. Yeah, that's why there's been four birthday parties. Actually, yeah. it's been another since I spoke to you last. <laughs> um, whereas if this was a normal year, yeah, daddy is. When will daddy be home? Uh, he won't be home later. He's got fifteen meetings and twenty-five area people to tell him how great he is. Uh, I said, oh, so will daddy not separate my birthday? He will be. He'll be home, and then I'm home at like five to ten. I give her a little kiss on the head and go to bed. Yeah. Pity. Yeah, yeah. Well, now I've been home all day. It's great. I've celebrated. We had she had McDonald's mm. for lunch on a Monday. <laughs> Brilliant. Chicken nuggies. Yeah. For lunch on a Monday. Uh, balloons came. Uh, ding dong. Oh. Balloons came at one. Right on time. The eight. Uh, and yeah. uh, The blue balloons. Roller skates then were came out, and uh, all the presents. And uh, so she's delighted. So as I say, she has a captive audience, and uh, she's delightful. Are your kids like you at all? Uh, she is, yeah. yeah she is, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So she's early Mario. <laughs> is she? Yeah. Is she? <laughs> she's a, an absolute ticket now. <laughs> ticket being a nice word. And I mean that okay. about me, not about her. Yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. got a bit of spark in her. Okay. A little bit of the madness. Bit of the madness. And uh, she doesn't want it necessarily. And we don't teach her drama or say, do you want to do drama or you're going to be a little lang-. She has it though. Right. She has this she yeah. has this performance thing. It's a performative thing. Uh-huh. And it's not necessarily... Um, it's not necessarily look at me. It's more wait and you see what I can do. 
and I could turn this into that and she'll get up and do it do a kind of a she'll take she'll do my do our characters like great yeah so she'll do that imitating thing right which I do which I've always done and yeah she did that's exactly how I started doing it it's it's a power thing it's a power yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a power thing, yeah. Go on. No, it's a power thing. It's always been a power thing. It's a power grab. So, All right, yeah, it's on. a power grab. Tell me more. Doing impressions of people from where I come from uh-huh. and doing characterizations has always been a power thing. So, it started when I was small. So, right. you're not getting your parents' attention. They're shouting and roaring. And then I start, I, I get, get their attention that size. And I start walking like him across the room, age five. Hands in pockets, sort of half stumbling, and I put on an Eastern European accent, which he sort of had. Okay. And there she's there. He's doing you. He's doing you. Yeah. yeah and okay. suddenly they're shutting up and they're looking at you. Right. You then have controlled the room. Aha. Uh-huh. You have changed the entire configuration of the room from them arguing with each other about themselves to talking about you and staring at you. You then have this power, and they have a an unsaid thing where they're going. So what can you do next? Mm. And then you're there. I'll do you as well. This is you when you're doing the dinner. Okay. And he goes, he's doing you. And she goes, that's not me. And he'll go, that is you. And that's the way it's been ever since. Right. So if you go and do somebody, they'll always come up to you and go, um, you know, I mean, Bertie Hearn maybe came up to me once and went, I, I, I love the way you, 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 you do um, Michael Noonan. Uh, you, you can't do me at all, but you're, you're great at Michael Noonan. <laughs> and of course, Bertie didn't yeah. realise that he was about the 16th person to say that to me, that you can't do me, but you're great at doing him. Mm. And then Noonan would come, oh, you you're great at doing Bertie, but, <laughs> but you, you, you can never do me. You're not able to do me. I've heard you try and do me, but you can't do me, but you're great at Bertie. And then I said, you're great at Joan Burton as well. But you can't do me. <laughs> you're great at Willie O'D. But you can't do me. Do you know, you're great at Joan Burton. <laughs> but you can't do me. And so this has happened all my I, life. Everybody ever, that I've ever done has told me I can't do them. Has anyone ever said that you, you nailed us? That about I themselves? nailed them? Yeah. Never. 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 Hilarious. Never. Never. Because like... Even Jose Mourinho when I met him. <laughs> okay. No, no, I don't see it. I don't see it. But your Mick McCarthy is fantastic. Okay. Do Mick McCarthy. Do Mick McCarthy again. And I was there. All right, Jose. Do Mick McCarthy. And he closed his eyes. And he went, it's Mick McCarthy. This is Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy. But you can't do me. <laughs> so he's the same. same. So, uh, you know, and, yeah. you know, while Keith Duffy. Do I actually sound like that, buddy? <laughs> and I went, yeah. Because uh, yeah. I, I don't think I do. Tireland. I pronounce my tires extremely well. <laughs> um, so people don't think you can do them, but they think you can do everybody else really well. They must go around wondering, mm. I wonder what's made him such a good impressionist if he can't do me, but he thinks he can do me. Um, the point yeah. is that people don't recognize themselves yeah, yeah, in yeah. themselves. Yeah. So it's like when you first heard your voice on tape, Yeah. you went, that's not me. Yeah. That's the first thing you said. Absolutely. And everybody else went, no, Sheila, it is you. That's how you sound. That's yeah. how you sound. Mm. And the tape recorder is basically going, that's how you sound, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> if tape recorders could talk. Yeah. I'm talking, if I had a penny to give me to every fucker who said that as me, I've been in this business now for years. I'm a tape recorder. All right. I'm a fucking tape recorder. I do this for a living. And believe me, that's you, Sheila. That's you. And I don't know why I come from Leash. They don't usually make tape recorders in Leash or Longford. Uh, so I have to talk about Roy. Yeah, because obviously he's such a, a key part of 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 your success and 
you know, Aikino being the huge success that mm. it was. Yep. Um, yep. I actually, I was in the last incarnation of Aikino. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. Were you um, Sophia? I was a Sophia. Sophia. Character. It was the best fun I had. Yeah. Wasn't, that was wasn't the best the fun. reaction to it great, I was brilliant, it? brilliant. And we just, the crack, it was fantastic. But, um, and I've interviewed the man and I've met the man twice and you've you've been in that situation. Is that mm. really surreal when you meet somebody as iconic as Roy? Mm, it is, yeah. There's no question about it. I mean, if, for me particularly, because he... Uh, he 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 sort of invited us to 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 interview him, which was totally bizarre. Yeah, that yeah. So for years we would we just never even we just wrote it off as a well we'll never meet him anyway, especially after the way we've ripped the piss out of him for years and stories that have come out about. I mean, it was in books and things how he was on the way over to Saipan and he was fuming. His eyes were dark and his his eyes were black and he was he wasn't in a good place on the way over and so mm. Shay Given just decided to take out his ghetto blaster and p- took out a CD of Radio Roy no and in front of everybody he put it on and all everybody could hear was oh, welcome back to Radio Roy oh, obviously I earn 100 grand a week at the end of the day and everybody looked around and yeah. just went oh, Shane Shay you're going to you're going to be assassinated oh Jesus yeah Shay you're going to get three bullets through the head like yeah. <laughs> But yeah, apparently yeah. in the book, as it says, Keen giggled away and apparently that and, and, and then but he, everybody, he got everybody the joke, went, didn't he? Yeah, of course he did. But yeah. the reason he got the joke is because he's as smart as a whippet. Yeah, yeah. And he understands the idea of poking fun and satire. Totally. And, um, you know, so he is he's really smart. Like you can yeah, see it. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a real media. He's a player. Mm. He's a player. You know, mm. if he Keen is in a room. You know, he, he could pick he's up... He's box office. He is, but he can also read rooms. Yeah. And he can read yeah, vibes. Yeah. He's a vibe vibe merchant. Like yesterday, the way he did um, that thing about uh, Liverpool, he did. He went viral again last night. Did he? Okay. He, every time he appears on Sky, he goes viral. Mm. And then the only other time he appear, he goes viral is when he's not on Sky. Because mm-hmm. everybody's basically saying, Where I wish he? Roy Keane was here. Mm. So last night he goes viral again uh, about Liverpool, beaten 4-1 by Manchester United, by okay. Manchester City. Yeah. And it looks like their season is over. And Keane, you know, an inveterate Manchester United man, and uh, he goes, ah, you know, I don't understand Liverpool, you know. I think they're bad champions. Bad champions. Bad champions. I mean, line. that is a great line. Yeah. Because that is digging deep. It is, That's yeah. That's going to a place that, like, would hurt. Mm. Basically, Liverpool wait 30 years to be champions. Mm-hmm. Play the kind of football that everybody kind of agrees was dream. A dream. That yeah, Harlem yeah, yeah. Globetrotter stuff. And then this year, Keane goes, I think they're bad champions. Bad and basically what he was alluding to was the idea that they real champions wanted again the next year mm-hmm. and that they didn't have the want and therefore he went there's something bad rotten rotten even and I think it's brilliant the way he found the button to press yeah. so he finds it he's, yeah. he's great he's a great pundit yeah. Uh, he's one of the best pundits there's ever been yeah. because of his intelligence he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's razor sharp um, but it's a shame though because are you like Roy as a person no no, not at all. At all? I don't think so, no. I would no. say we would be very different as people. Do you people. think so, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He is... Um, but you're highly intelligent. You can read a room well. You know what I mean? I've seen you I've seen you do gigs. I've seen your prep beforehand. I've seen you get up on stage and have an audience eating out of the palm of your hand within seconds. So you, you vibe, you, you know... Mm. What to do, what to tap into. Yeah, but I think that he is... He's, uh, maybe not he's, as a person. He's, he's more maniacal well, and driven. And yeah, um, okay. I, 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 I think at this stage I could back off slightly mm. and just go, uh, Roy, give it a break, will you? Yeah, okay. And you go, give it a break? <laughs> what the fuck are you with your stupid voices? We're out here to do a corporate for super value. 
We're here with Musgraves at the end of the day. These lads are paying us a lot of money. I don't know how much they're paying you, but they're paying me fucking way more than you. I'm going to get stuck in. I'm doing me prep. Who's that pricking the beard down the back? He's the retail manager. I'm going to fucking get stuck into him. And you're there utterly grand. Fuck you. You know, so like Roy would... I said, okay, Roy, listen, it's just a gig. I'm going home at the end. Going home? I'm staying here for the next year working on these bastards. Um, so like, you know, I just think his intensity is... is, uh, is uh, He's also, I think... Um, um, I, I think he's damaged, you know, in my view. I, okay. I, I just think, you know, in some way he's damaged, you know. I, I, I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of shrapnel that has that has damaged him over the years, and um, and and it's made him funny. But you know, do you not think that's part of the gig? What? What gig? The persona, the Roy Keane persona. It is, but it is part of the Roy Keane persona. But it, would he is he trading the Roy Keane persona for a top level job in management? Mm. Has he resigned? I mean. Where should Roy Keane really be? Should he be sitting in a Sky Sports studio or should he be sitting on the bench managing Manchester United? Mm. Well, we know what the answer should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying he deserves to manage Manchester United, but I'm saying in an ideal Roy Keane world, that's where Roy Keane would have been, mm. managing Manchester United. Mm. But he's not. He's mm. nowhere near managing Manchester United. He's nowhere near managing Leighton Orient. You know, there's nobody he's going to be managing soon. And I wish he was because... I'd be one of those people that still think he has something to contribute mm. because of his razor-like intelligence and his aura. He has a Paul O'Connell aura about him. He yeah. is Paul O'Connell. You know, Paul O'Connell and Roy Keane have a lot in common. Yeah. Now, I think when it's fair to say if you wanted to pick somebody that had something in common with Roy Keane, don't, look at same, don't say me, say Paul O'Connell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because they, they're both, you know, aura people with yeah, great sporting achievement and aura. And um, so Roy would prefer to be there, you know. It's, it's good fun watching as a, as a pundit, but like... You know, this is not where he would choose to be. Yeah. So uh, I prefer to see him managing, you know, and, and and he probably doesn't. He only probably has a little bit of a chance left. You know, mm. there isn't that long left. Like before people go, OK, you're 54 now. Where next? Mm. You know, uh, you're 54 and you're still a juvenile manager. You know, I mean, by the time Jose Mourinho was 45, he'd won the Champions League. Mm. You know, so I'm just saying that. Um or 46 or whatever but uh, you know the, the so, so so Roy I prefer to see Roy in management you know but mm. uh, no I, 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 look I started doing Roy Keane in 19 in 2000 the year 2000 which is 21 years ago yeah and um, I remember you know wondering imagine if somebody had told me you'd still be doing Roy Keane 21 years later obviously you'd you'd, you'd say ah come on give me a break I, I won't be doing this 21 years later I won't be doing it 5 years later and I, Roy Keane God knows what but he's such a mesmeric uh, media character mm. for all of us. Mm. For all of us who don't even like football. People mm. who don't even like football know Roy Keane. They love mm. him. They, and they, they love him because he's magnetic. Yeah. He's charismatic. He's, um, uh, he's watchable. He's TV. He's box office, as you said. Yeah. And, uh, and there aren't that many people around like that. No. You know? no and, 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 and there aren't that many people around in a world where more and more of us are terrified, perhaps, about what we might say that might finish our whole careers. Hmm. Um, people like Roy Keane are, are, are happily and largely seem to be immune. Yeah. Now, I, just, I, I think I, I've, I've always been interested in that whole idea about being cancelled. And yeah. when are you going to get cancelled? And we're only one sentence away from being rubbed out. That doesn't apply to all of us. Um, it doesn't apply to J.K. Rowling, who's hmm. said 
so many things that would normally get other people cancelled. Mm. But she's so personally wealthy and powerful that there are people who can withstand it. Roy but King, damage is done, isn't it? Damage is done, but no, oh. they can withstand it. Okay. There are people yeah. who can withstand it. And Roy Keane is another one. Pers- part of it is being very personally very rich, well off. Mm. You can afford to tell people to fuck off and just go, I don't need your gig. Fire me, cancel me. Yeah, fuck you. Um, whereas if you're working for the BBC and you're, you're, you're an early morning jock and you say something about transgender, you're gone. Mm. There's no way back. Yeah. Does Not. that does that ever cross your mind? Yeah, it does. Does it? It does. Yeah, it does. So um, do you censor yourself then when you're writing your material? Do you, do you have to sometimes rein it in? I wouldn't say rein it in. I mean, luckily I'm on a kind of a... Luckily I'm on a, the humour... I do at 8.15 in the morning Yeah, is, is, is more wink, not on a wink and more gentle satire. Um, it isn't coruscating. Sure. It isn't coruscating satire. I'm not going to do sketches about, you know, our uh, Irish people's attitude towards abortion or I'm not going to use, um, I'm not going to use, you know, uh, provocative language about homosexuals yeah. in, in an effort to attract attention to myself coming up to the 2015 referendum uh, it's just not the style of course course humor course. i do and people know that as well and they know that you allude to things and they know what you're getting at mm. and they and that's a good place to be because you have to be reasonably switched on to be able to do that yeah it's easy to say something straight out and just blurt it out and be blunt mm. um but it's harder to uh to, to, to flit around the edges but uh, yeah, I, but having said that, yes, I would be careful enough to go. I'd be careful enough. All right. You know, I mean, and I've had this discussion before with people as well about um, who can you do an impression of? And when is somebody going to tell me? I'm not so sure about Mario Rosenstock doing impressions of women. I'm not so sure about that now. Well, why? Well, should it not be women doing the impression? First of all, uh, is that not a bit ridiculously sexist? Mansplaining. Mario thinks he knows what a woman sounds like. Oh, yeah. Mario does his Joan Burton. That's hilarious, isn't it? Why doesn't a woman do Joan Burton? Surely being a woman, she'd have a better uh, um, understanding of what it's like to be a woman. When am I going to have that one? Or, so, I see uh, Mario is doing impressions of Russians now. Russians. Is that a problem? Mm, we're not sure yet. We'll come back to you on that one. You don't do impressions of Chinese, do you? Oh, I wonder. What about Japanese? Mm. Hmm. I heard you're doing a French man once. Would you do a French man, but you wouldn't do a Chinese? Why? Mm. What's the difference between a French man and a Chinese man? We get the Indian thing. You won't do an Indian. Why? Oh, because... Uh, well, I suppose, why wouldn't you do an Indian man? Well, I suppose because down through the centuries, Indian have been an oppressed, colonized race... And there are a billion of them. And to do a voice of an Indian would be maybe to marginalize them and to put them all into one uh, category and to write them off as being, you know. Uh, but is that the case? Am I doing that? Am I, you know, I'm, I mean, that, that was that interesting case of the, the Simpsons. Hank hmm. uh, Azaria, I think it was. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, uh, who just had to stop doing the, That's right. the character, you know. Yeah. And, and, and you're just kind of going, is, is this... I? I, I'm usually wary when I hear people on the radio going it's gone too far mm. too far 
I'm usually wary when I hear people like that saying it. But at the same time, sometimes you do wonder have things gone, are things getting capable of going too far? You yeah. Know? And, and then you have stories of comedians who who have perhaps pushed the boundaries and found themselves just, as you said, gone. Yeah. And, and then they have. Yeah. And then you're kind of wondering. Sh- uh, you're kind of wondering what space does that put comedy in then? Yeah. I mean, mm. is comedy a safe space? So, for example, should I be able to? And I'm, I'm literally just asking this question. Yeah. Is comedy not a place where we all tacitly agree that this is a playground where we, let's say, play, pay in to see somebody and he, let's call him he, um, is allowed to say anything they want mm. under the auspices of free speech and art and satire and parody and creativity and magic. Mm. Are they not? Mm. Are, are, are must they watch what they say for fear of offending somebody mm. in the audience or worse? Even somebody outside the audience who hears about something they say online or heard from somebody else through a Chinese whisper what they said. It's, that would yeah. be very worrying for me. Very dangerous. Very worrying for me. And now, very restrictive. This, very restrictive. And, uh, because comedy is a place where, as many people we've heard, it should be a place for pushing boundaries. Mm. Mm. Question is, should it be a place for going over boundaries? Many people would say yes. Uh-huh. Because we can only push boundaries by actually going over boundaries and seeing where we are. And it, through the medium of comedy, is it a safe space to do it? Yes. Because it's not real. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's not real. Okay. And we must understand that human beings have intelligence and yeah. sentient and that they are able to digest certain material. In other words, have faith in your audience. Mm-hmm. When I go, you know, you know, when somebody goes, use Adolf Hitler or something in a comedy gig, you know, let's face it, they're not a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, they're yeah. just using something to demonstrate an allegory or, yeah. or, 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 or a picture for people for the purposes of of comedy or. And, and you've got to ask yourself, you know, like, you know, if somebody is a homophobic Nazi in a movie, um, are we not allowed? Will, will, will somebody eventually say, I'm afraid that character that characterization should not be allowed in the movie? But the character clearly states he's a homophobic Nazi. What is he meant to be? Mm. The, mm. He cannot be played other than being a homophobic Nazi. Mm. Um, yes, but it's offensive. Yeah, no, but I know it's offensive, but that's what he is. Yeah, yeah. It's a piece of art. Yeah, yeah. So this, then we go down that road again. Yeah. So, so where do you go with that? Um, now, having said that, there's another side to this, and that is slightly outside of comedy, and that's into the political arena or the social arena, and that is, you know, should we have the right to say anything? We want to say at all. Uh, let's take America, for example, under the, the basis of free speech. And I suppose I'm uh, as I get older, I kind of go, no, we shouldn't. So, for example, I don't believe in hate speech. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman in the United States from Georgia, should not be allowed, you know, to mm. be should not be allowed necessarily to incite hatred. That's what that's what I believe, you know, mm. whereas the Amer- a lot of the American um, sort of institutions will will suggest that her amendment right, her First Amendment rights would protect her for say anything she wants. But can you say anything you want? You know, even if it incites people to kill another person. You know, mm. this is a, in other words the old classic. You can't shout. You can't shout fire in a theater. Yeah. Um. You know, because you know they cause chaos. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, so that. But but anyway, there's, so there's two arguments there. Comedy and politics are. They're, they're very separate. They're very much because politics is meant to be authentic and honest. And this is what it is. And 
Celts or, you know, mm. with the, they're the ideals, I suppose, in which they 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 want to to uh, to live by. But so comedy is play. It's it's make believe. Yeah, it's humor. It's laughter. It's release. And it's probably exploring dark things through laughter that um, people need to express. As yeah. Well. And we wouldn't necessarily go there in other form, yeah. formats. So looking at us here in our country, we have the wonderful Michael D as our yeah. president. Yeah. And he probably is one of my favourite of your impressions. Has I, to be. Has I, to be. I actually based him on my grandmother. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. And my brilliant. grandmother used to talk exactly like 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 Michael D. And she really, she really, uh, you know, she had such a, an effete way of talking. <laughs> and um, it's an artistic way. It's a delicate way. And it's a kind of a sympathetic way as well. <laughs> Where you, but even by the nature of what you're saying, you are understanding the other point that the other person is making. <laughs> and so th- there's a something in t- in intrinsically empathetic about the way he talks. Mm. And deeply artistic, in the sense that he doesn't expect that you're ever going to interrupt him. That his conversation is going to have a flow, and that you would not dare interrupt a poet. Because poets are about to launch into their next thing. And they're looking up into the sky as they talk. <laughs> so they're not even cognizant of the fact that you might go, We've, we're running out of time here, McAlee. How dare you? <laughs> running out of time. I'm speaking, thank you very much. You wouldn't say that to Seamus Bloody Heaney. <laughs> with his bloody hole work or whatever, in Tom digging holes or whatever he talks about. My poetry is superior. In every way. So, like, he's got this wonderful <sighs> character. He really does. And oh, it, yeah. But, of course, as well, He's, he's, he's an older man, but with incredible spark. Yes. You know, and, yes. and fight. Yeah. He's feisty. Mm. And um, there's something very young about him as well. Yeah, there is, yeah. So he's like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. It's that thing yeah. of, you know, all these young people voted for Bernie Sanders. Absolutely. I'd say, you know, 98% of people under 30 were, voted for Michael T. Yeah, you know? big time. You know, because they, yeah, yeah. they, they identify with him. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember love one that. of the first times I met him, um, um, one of the first times I met him, he was Minister for Arts and, and the Gael Ducks, but... And um, we were all, I was flighting Mario looking for, okay. uh, I was looking for free wine. Uh-huh. And so we went, look, the place to get free wine is just, you know, National Art Gallery. Those wankers, they're <laughs> always having, just go to the recent, the, the new Caravaggio and they'll be bringing out the Pinot Grigio. So, we, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I love Pinot, love Caravaggio. Is that his name, Pinot Grigio? No, get his little, I'll have another one there. Who's that, yeah? Is that the taking of Christ? I love the taking of the Chardonnay. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, in you go. And I went, there's your man, uh, Michael D. I go up to him. I'll go up to him. How you doing, Michael D? Mario. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, nice to meet you. Uh, what are you doing? I said, well, we're just here for a bit of free booze. Uh, you, Mel Gibson is coming into town, yeah? And he's like, yes, indeed. What do you think of Caravaggio? He's like, great. Um, uh, any, uh, all the booze seems to have gone. Actually, I've got a wallet here. Why don't you go buy yourself some friends a drink? And you serious? I think. And like, he's just such a cool guy. Oh sure. Look at the last just time. Bought it. us all drinks. Yeah. And you know, just bought us all drinks. Yeah. Because he understood what it's like to be a student. Yeah. He was a sociology yeah. professor. Yeah. Yeah. And go. I always love that photo of him at Slane. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so brilliant. He's, but he's just. He's just brilliant because um, brilliant. and his, and his and his stuff about America when he met your man talked about your man Graham. Michael Graham or whatever it was and he started going off on one America and well you know the problem with being in America is all those people and they're listening to these people who are on Fox News and other wankers <laughs> and he was just like this guy's on fire oh. he's just out and when Michael D saying wankers is one of life's true pleasures yeah. it's just brilliant <laughs> you know because he uses such you know 
you know, uh, undergraduate kind of language yeah, to communicate yeah. what he wants to. I love that, though. I've never thought of it that way. And you're so right. The whole Bernie Sanders, Michael D comparison. They're very much they're a, young people. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, they've got tremendous energy. Yeah. They fight for young people. They yeah. fight for things that young people believe in. Yeah, young yeah. people are idealistic. Mm. I mean, if you if you Mike boy is 13, Dash, he's, he's yeah. 13 and he goes, Dad, why can't everybody in the world just have enough to eat? Like, what's the fucking problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and that's what kids are like. They just go, what's all this fighting about? Why don't yeah. people just give enough to each other to survive? And you look at them with these jaundiced eyes and you go, ha, 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 I tell you, boy. And like, isn't it sad that it has to be like that? It but he has sad. to learn all those, le- learn all those horrible lessons. Uh, whereas Bernie would go, yeah, I think you kids are onto something good here. The kids aren't to something. I think he is as well, Bernie. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. kids know what's going on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they just want things to be happy and good. And, you yeah. know, look, Vincent Brown would say is the same thing. You know, I remember him saying once, what is this? There's probably huge, huge people going, there's not enough money for this and there's not enough money for that. This country is hugely, 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 hugely wealthy. We have more money. OECD, OECD. There is 243 billion euro in savings in, con- in this country. Where is the money? And why aren't people being dis- redistributed and given the money? Why not? And, um, and it's true. Mm. This, yeah, yeah. This, you know, people go to Ireland and I think we still have a hangover from the 80s that we think we're poor. Yeah. Ireland is loaded. Our, yeah. Ireland well. is loaded. Ireland is a rich country. It's, it is, but people listening now might not feel it in their own little bubble. No, they're not. Right now, but, no, but they I don't have you. the money. I get because you. Because they're not being given yes, and yes, cha- yes. the equal chances. Ireland yeah. is a rich country. Is that just, are we programmed to have this kind of poverty consciousness? You're, you're right about that in, in, in another way. But what I think one of the problems is, is that we're a, we're, we're a proto-America type of country. We have, mm. we have John F. Kennedy and the Pope on the mantelpiece. Yeah. And that means two things, America and Catholicism. Mm-hmm. And both those things have fucked this country up mm-hmm. because we are a tiny little wannabe America, you know, mm. where we go like, oh, I'll just jump in there now and create my own little business. And I'll, I'll, I'll feck all the rest of the people out there out of their houses and I'll build a four story fucking car park. I'll build a car park the size of a fucking thing. It's like, and then you turn into Christy mm. Moore or something. I will a car park, a car park. <laughs> and I think about the car park, the car park, the car park. Oh, this is multi-level to put, to put, to put, to put, to put, to put. And you're just there like going, why you think you, you know, and developers in this country, you know, oh, mm. he's a developer, he's great, you know, he's a developer, developer. You know, developers are, are you know, okay, you could say that we all need, money makes the world go around, trickle down economics and all this sort of stuff. Jesus Christ, you know, I mean, all these guys buying all these apartments around Ireland and sticking them, not even, nobody can buy them, they just have to rent them and the rent is going up. And they're precluding people from being able to own their first house. And I'm 27 years of age and I'm earning 35 or 40,000 a year. And I'm with a girl and she's earning 35 or 40,000 a year and we can't afford a fucking house. Mm. Listen, what kind of a country are you living in when you both have really good jobs and you can't afford a house to live in? That's wrong. Yeah, yeah. This is what we're like in Ireland. Proto-America. And America is the same. You're a teacher in America. A teacher, a great, honourable, noble, fantastic job. Mm. One of the best jobs in the world. Americans can't afford to live on their salary as a teacher. They need to get a second and sometimes a third job to pay the rent. Three jobs and a teacher. That's madness. Madness. That's madness. And that's what Michael D and Bernie are about. 
railing against. Yeah. That madness. Yeah, it is. You know, you're living in America or Ireland, these hugely beautiful, rich countries, and you can't, a, a teacher can't afford to live. Mm. That's disgusting. Yeah. It's disgusting. And I wouldn't want, and I don't like living in a country like that. Um, you know, it, we shouldn't have to. And I also want to live in a country that when I walk down the road and a man on the other side of the street falls and hurts himself, I want to be in a country where I can see the ambulance come along and I'll know that he will be taken into hospital and his leg will be um, fixed immediately and I'll be paying for it and he'll be paying for it and we'll all be paying for it. Mm -hmm. Not it's every man for himself mm -hmm. kind of bollocks. Yeah. You know, like in America, you know, where, you know, they're yeah, looking yeah. for your credit card yeah, number before you can ridiculous. get your spleen taken out. What kind of a country is that? Yeah. You know, you can't claim to be a first world country or a, a civilized country where you don't take care of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you have to take care of each other. And uh, if, if, if all of us just take care of, it, of each other around us, around this area, and people do that everywhere in the world, it would be a much better place to live in, self-explanatory. Yeah, and you, this is the, the kind of theme that's run throughout this whole conversation. You've been talking about this the whole way along. Can I ask... Give of your best, yeah. Give of your best yeah. to what you're doing and give of your best to other people. Put, the best, put, your bet, put your best foot forward first and look people in the eye and... One of my problems, actually, which Blonnet always said was, um, I'd, I, we'd be in early in our relationship, we might be in Reynards. Oh, Reynards. And she'd, she'd lose me, like, for an hour. Mm. And I'd be up talking to some guy at the bar, and she'd grab me and tip, tip me, and she'd go, Your man is a fucking waster. She says, Mario, what are you doing talking to him? And I went, I think he's really nice. Mario, he's a fucking asshole. And they're like, Are you serious? And I went, Yes! And they're like, okay, because I, I would be like buying into it. Yeah, okay. Seeing the, basically to, seeing the good too much. All right. And she would have been right. Okay. In, pretty much right. So do, when you meet someone, is your gut instinct always, you, you know, they're good until I see yeah, otherwise. Yeah. But that's a great quality. I think it is as well. But does it get you into situations where somebody... Fucks you over. Fucks you over. Yeah. Okay. It has. All right. The only good thing about that, though, uh -huh. is that I'd rather know that somebody's fucked me over and then I know uh -huh. rather than wondering all my life. That's a very, but again, that's a very positive wiring way of looking at yeah. that situation, isn't so it? So I would always say to Blonde, well, Blonde, if you kind of are wary of everybody, how will you know if they're going to fuck you over or not? <laughs> okay. At least I know that this guy fucked me over. See, I don't have my wallet. He took it. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to be. You spin everything and into a positive. D was, and Michael D was the same. Yeah, so yeah. he gave us the wallet that night and he went, buy yourself a drink. Get me one so as he, well. No, no, wait a second. He handed me his no, wallet. No, he actually, yeah. I actually thought you were, okay, I, I totally bought into the fact that you were in the museum and you were looking at the Caravaggio, but he actually gave you the wallet. Hmm. So he just, he just handed me the wallet. That's so deadly. He either handed me the wallet or he handed us the money. Enough money. But I think I seem to remember the wallet. Although I do have a tendency to blow things up in my head, <laughs> as you've known from my career. <laughs> I was like in a meeting. So did he give you the money or the wallet? It was definitely the wallet. <laughs> Actually, he gave us his car as well. <laughs> Come here. I know you're a busy man and you need to get home to your family and your little girl for the fifth birthday party of the day. But last question: Are you missing? I'm guessing the answer is yes. But are you missing gigs? Are you oh, missing? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. More than anything. Um, I'm able to do the comedy with Ian on the radio every day and I'm loving that um, but I am missing um, I'm missing the thing I love doing which is um, which is that, that that elemental elemental storytelling thing that you get out onto stage and you feel and you breathe and uh, you see all those eyes and uh, and you just want to fill that room with uh, this chemistry this electricity and and 
and you just want to give of yourself until you're basically gone. And you and, do, uh, you really do. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so so really, really. But I'm doing a lot of, you know, like a lot of people out there, I'm doing a lot of walking mm. and <laughs> a lot of a lot of kilometers. And so I'm and I'm I am even trying to watch what I eat so that when we talked about opportunity earlier on, mm-hmm. when that time comes to bounce back onto stage, I'm going to be like a leopard. Yeah, yeah, you'll be ready. A leopard coming yeah. down, just going let me at them yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I'm not going to be four stone overweight going just give us a few months lads to catch up will you <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will be fucking ready for them <laughs> I will be ready to devour you oh I can't wait it would be so good to get back into yeah. that be able to get a ticket go in get a drink at the bar sit in with a load of people oh, oh, oh yeah, the yeah. buzz of that they say that um, MCD Class. were telling me that um, of all the things that people they did a poll mm. and of all the things that people meet um Music was overtaken by comedy during the pandemic. Okay, as the yeah. thing people want to go to most. Yeah, so well, we, people actually want to go to a we, place where they're beside shoulder to shoulder with somebody and heaving with laughter yeah. and watching the same thing. Absolutely, they want that more than taking in live music. Yeah, oh, but uh, come here because yeah. we haven't. Like, we need to laugh. Yeah, yeah. We need but to laugh. there's something we need extraordinary, yeah, but, really cathartic about laughing. Mm, I mean, and if together, you've ever been in that room where which you have been the, the room yeah. where you're laughing. Uh, you're laughing during a comedy show, for example, and but then on another night, some woman at the back starts laughing, mm-hmm. and then for the next hour during the show, mm. the whole audience is gone laughing at her. Yeah, yeah. Whenever she starts, yeah, and yeah. Just that oh, peculiar great. thing of a every night is different. Yeah. And then she becomes the star of the night, and then eventually I'll go down to her or whatever, yeah. and I'll like, fuck her out, <laughs> and then it'll just turn into absolute insanity. Yeah. Um, so something like that. So so yeah, and you just we just miss doing that, don't we? I mean, you just miss people just having letting their hair down and having a ball. Yeah. And just going laughing themselves silly and then going home and mm. going that was great. We need Loved silly. That. We need that. Silly. You need silly. Yeah. There's too much. There's too much catastrophizing mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of that. Yeah. There I, is. I, there is. I think it's too much. I think we need a bit more silly. Totally. I think we get it. Yeah. Yeah. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's. Without mentioning any names or any, even mentioning any places, there's too much catastrophizing mm. mm-hmm. uh, uh, about what's going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, so let's get these vaccines into the over seventies yeah. as quick as possible. Mm. Um, so uh, so we can get Frank and Una on a plane out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Legitimately. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, come here. Thank you for being an absolutely brilliant guest. And for giving so much of your time and I just I don't know what time it is, so I hope I haven't run over too far. But um thank you so much and let's just roll on till we're out the other side of this. Absolutely. Whatever this is. Mario, thanks a million. You're welcome, Sheila. No problem at all. Thanks for listening to Ready to Be Real Conversations. If you enjoyed this episode, please support it by doing any or all of the following. Share it with your friends or your family, post it on social, click follow give a rating or leave a little comment. Whatever you do, I'd be so grateful.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.